Welcome to Lockbox, a podcast providing real estate professionals with action items for success. My name is Jeffrey Broger, and I'm going to be your host. I'm the founder of two real estate marketing and tech companies, Steezy.Digital and RealNurture.io. In this podcast, you'll learn from top 1% real estate and mortgage brokers the exact secrets to their success. Welcome to Lockbox. Welcome to Lockbox. My name is Jeffrey Broger, and I'm here today with Rogers Healy. Rogers, thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So why don't you tell our listeners who you are and where you're from? Sure. My name is Rogers Healy. I am based in North Texas in Dallas, and I'm the uh, owner and CEO of the Rogers Healy Companies, which is it, it encompasses Rogers Healy and Associates Real Estate, RHA Commercial, Healy Property Management, and Healy Global Real Estate and Relocation. Awesome. And what yeah. got you into the real estate industry initially? Not a very glamorous story, but the short of it is a life of perpetual failure and kind of sucking at everything I tried to do and quitting at everything along the way. And long story short, in college, I went to SMU here in Dallas and uh, was never a popular, well-known guy, never really had a lot of drive and redefined myself in college. I'm giving a longer version. Sorry. Long story short, I got into it to make money. And I stayed in real estate because I wanted to go and give people the gift of confidence and hopefully save them from getting sucked into the real estate monster vortex of financial success and recognition, especially now in the social media social media era. Yeah. And so what was your first you know, introduction to real estate? Was it a friend? What, your buddy's a loan officer and then you went the real estate route instead? Like, What was the first interaction? Yeah, I was 21. I was a junior in college and uh, was very involved in my fraternity. And when it came time, and I was always the guy that would kind of just tell people cool places to live. And it wasn't because I was incentivized. I just was, I just liked helping people. And when it came time to move out of the fraternity house, I went and found a rental home and just became friends with the uh, realtor and ignorantly, relatively ignorantly asked him how much money he made. He told me, and you know, at any time in my life, but especially 21, it was $5,000. I just got motivated differently. And so uh, no one in my family has ever done real estate. I've been around sales and entrepreneurism my whole life, but there was not anyone that ever said, Hey, you should do real estate, but right. it did it. And, um, you know, like some people, it, it's not like I ever fell in love with it in a, in a healthy way, tried other things as well, moved to Los Angeles, lived out there, tried to do the acting thing and, you know, came back to it with kind of with my tail between my legs and decided to commit to it. And, you know, like anywhere, especially Southern California and, and North Texas, every fifth person is a realtor. And so started my company, my real estate company in 06, in large part because I was tired of, I just, they're a dime a dozen and I, I can't hang my hat knowing that that's what I want to be. And so started the real estate company with the mission of just helping people find their way and real, real estate is the vehicle that they choose to, to get there, which is a little bit longer story, but yeah, it was a random entrance, a more random reason for staying, but now the, the reason is, is very clear and it's, it's purpose-driven. Awesome. No, that's great. And you mentioned that throughout your companies, it seems like you have both residential and commercial yeah. companies, right? Okay. Yeah. So, so I'm on the commercial sales side and cool. I focus on multifamily, five to 50 units. Cool. So what are you doing on the commercial side? 
Uh, everything. And again, a relatively ignorant and egotistical response, but I like to grow things. And we're in a really cool growth spurt phase right now with, it's called RHA commercial, which Rogers Healy and Associates commercial, but we're doing everything from multifamily sales to tenant rep to landlord rep, industrial. And we have a little bit different model here, commercial and residential, where it's just hyper training agents. And so I personally don't believe in being a niche salesperson. It works for a lot of people, obviously yourself included, but you know, they come into the commercial world relatively uh, uneducated and they can learn about all facets. It might take them longer to get to become, you know, an expert or, um, you know, a trusted source, but we're doing everything. We have about 60 people doing commercial, which puts us, you know, relatively large company, but now we have to actually go and generate revenue from it. Yeah, absolutely. And that that's a different approach than what a lot of gurus teach, but yeah. I've heard that as well. And, and I think there's value in both. I mean, if you can go wide and still execute with ethics and, you know, take care of people, then, Hey, your market cap just increased. Right. Yeah. So it's hard though, man. And again, we're both in a heavily saturated real estate market where we both live and everybody knows 15 or 20 realtors, whether it's residential or commercial, we do farm and ranch, we do lake houses, all that. So it's really just taking a different approach that works for the people that actually go and, you know, make it part of the repertoire, but it's an uphill battle. And, and, and I like that. I think if you do anything long enough and you become an expert, you kind of long for that struggle, not struggle. Well, yeah, you think you, you long, you long for the challenge and to go and do this 21 years in the business and to try to, you know, disrupt another sector has proven to be very, um, it's breathing a different kind of life into me. That's awesome. I, I like that. So just to give my listeners some context as to, you know, where you are in terms of transaction volume, and then I have some follow-up questions. Yeah. Um, do you know off offhand what your transaction volume was on the residential side and then the commercial side in the last year? I would say probably right around 600 million residential. I don't know the numbers for commercial, not nearly that much. Um, and then kind of year to date, we're doing a little bit over hundred million a month in residential. We're probably doing 15 to 20 a month in commercial. So on pace to hit, you know, gross sales across both platforms, right around a billion, which would put us last year, we were the number one independent brokerage in Texas, number like 14 or 15 in the country. And we'll probably end up hopefully number one in Texas again, but right in that top 10 category for the country. That's awesome. And right. what advice would you give to, you know, different real estate brokers out there that they might be top performers, but I mean, 600 million on the residential side, that's, that's ultra elite, right? So yeah. what if they're doing 300, they've been doing real estate for 25 years and, you know, they have a small team of 10, a high, you know, 10 high producing agents but they really want to grow. Like they really want to get to that next level, maybe remove themselves from production, right? So what, what advice would you give them? That's hard. It's a great question. I think most business owners, myself included, the thought of deviating from what you're used to financially, routine, whatever, and doing that in the hopes of implementing something new is a really daunting idea and thought. But if you do it with intention, it pays itself off in dividends later. Uh, but I just think the thought of actually, you know, if what you're doing is working for you and you're making X amount of dollars relatively consistently and the thought of stopping that, going and building something and then training people to do it when you lose that personal momentum is a really difficult thing. But 
if you do it to scale, that's how you grow. And, and I think for me, that was one of the hardest things I had to do was whether it's taking a step back from individual production or, you know, becoming a leader and not a buddy. That's a hard thing to do. And it puts you on an island differently uh, and not because of you're wearing a shirt that's island themed. I think that successful people, a lot of times experience a different kind of loneliness. And that's not what people want to hear when they get into it. But when you start experiencing it in volume, like, damn, I have to find a way to go protect my asset of my mind and my heart and my head. So I feel like if people want to do it, then you don't need to sit there and think through it. You have to just figure it out. I'm, you have to think through it, but I'm saying don't, don't delay it. And um, I can tell you in my life, the times where I've gone and taken too much time to, to act on something, it's cost me that much more time, which sucks. So yeah, I, I think scaling. And I think another thing too is the only thing more valuable than finding out what you're really great at is quickly finding out what you suck at. And, you know, like most people tell you, surround yourself with people smarter than yourself, which is obviously true. There are some things in life that I will literally never be able to capture ever, like systems, processes, Excel spreadsheets, just all like structure. And so when I hire people, I literally have to make sure I mesh with them because we're going to become family. But I also have to make sure they're actually not sucking at the same thing that I suck at. And I think that when you do that, when you build a team, it magic kind of happens and sparks fly a little bit quicker than if you're just both working your faces off. Yeah, that makes sense. And very important aspect of scaling in my experience is understanding your weaknesses. I actually have new hires do a disc profile and make sure that it's pretty much the opposite of mine. Um, it's, it's a really important aspect because if you all are great at the same things and terrible at the same things, your company is going to have a huge hole. Yep. That's smart. So, but it's, it's easy to hire people that are like you and that are kind of yeah. similar and it feels comfortable, right? Yeah. But then it combusts, right? I think that in the world, whether it's your, it's your spouse, it's your best friend, it's, it's your business partner. I think having familiarity is crucial. And I think you want to be able to talk to someone. My guess is you probably like surfing. And you probably like having the sand between your toes because you live in Huntington Beach and you have it. It's like you like that. But I think when you work with somebody, you want to make sure that you can get work done. And that kind of boils down to um, just having very dedicated and clear cut roles and responsibilities, which, again, I'm 41. I was 25 when I started this company. I didn't know what the hell I was doing until like five years ago. Having that as quick as possible eliminates the, well, I thought you were doing this thing, right? Versus you know, it working from the start. And this is all stuff that I had to learn. It was painful. And, and I had to go take like two years back and, you know, unlearn stuff and then re-implement. But it also made it relatively enjoyable. But I think that when building a team, you have to just be very precise and you have to trust your gut on things other than the fact that you're going to just be friends. Yeah. No, that's, that's a great point. The difference between being leaders and friends. One question I have for you as a follow-up to what you just said is when you're five maybe seven years into a venture and you feel like nothing's going right, your you know, revenues are falling or whatever it is and you're just hanging on by a thread. How did you get through those hurdles, those tough times? How, how are you now 21 years into it and no. you feel like you finally got, a, got grips on it? Well, I don't know if I have a grip on it. And I think that's the thing with this business is it's a, the commodity is people. Right. And, and when my job is to manage people and my job is to bring people in and make sure people are doing stuff and then people can peace out, you know, there's not a lot of security to that. But I, I think that to kind of answer your question, the analogy I would use, which is maybe a, a classless analogy, but I'm going to do it anyway, is if you go to a casino and you sit at a slot machine for two hours and then you finally go and just say, screw it, and you walk away, some idiot like me is going to walk in and on my first pull, I'm, I'm going to hit the jackpot. 
And, and I think that's kind of how you have to operate in sales is that you literally could have it happen tomorrow or it could happen in a decade. And for me, the only great part about having a background and literally just sucking is that I was used to it, but I wanted to go and taste what most, you know, everyone else, probably yourself included. You were probably a great athlete. You probably had a date to homecoming. You probably got into the college of your choice. All these things that just came natural. I didn't have that. And so I wanted to recommit as an adult and just whether it's five years in, seven years in, 20 years in, you kind of long for the gut punches. And I think if you do that, the Lord and whoever you worship will, will keep you humble and it keeps you on a different track versus just winning the Super Bowl every single year. You get tired of hearing Tom Brady's name. Here come Patrick Mahomes. That's the best thing that could happen to Tom Brady, right? And and so you have to do these kind of things where I don't want to fail, but I don't want to get used to it. And I think that for me, like today, today has been a tough day for me. It's been a hard day, right? I'm like, all right, let's deal with it. And it'll give me another opportunity to lead, even though I've done this for a long time. And I have to just kind of embrace the challenge, embrace the suck, learn from it and deal with it quicker than I have with anything else. Great points. Thanks. What is the single most important action you take on a daily basis that has attributed most to your success? Smile. <laughs> Sounds dumb. I write things down. I, I don't know if I could just pinpoint one thing, but it's really hard in the world of sales to get pissed off. And I think it's really hard to get resentful. And I think that acting with collateral damage at the forefront is unhealthy and it affects things. Like I'm married and I have the best wife ever, but I take it home with me, right? And if I go and take home the negative things that she has nothing to do with and I go take it to her, then that affects her day. And that's not fair to her. And so I've, I've learned to just go and kind of smile through things and, and learn lessons and kind of trick my psyche. But I also think that you have to figure out your reason for what you're doing. And if you, how long have you done real estate? I've been in an investor for 10 years, actually. Okay. And uh, marketing and sales last four years. Okay. So you've done it for 10 years. You probably have reached a point where maybe you've kind of seen it all, maybe not, right? And maybe you want to go do 51 doors. Maybe you want to do 5,000 doors it's all going to kind of be the same thing. And I think that eventually you're going to reach a point, which you probably already have because you're way smarter than me, where you're like, oh my gosh, this is why I'm doing this. And for me, I have to take that mindset where my role, I manage people for a living. I manage personalities for a living, which means I get the crap beat out of me sometimes for a living. And I have to go take approaches where the world that I love, I love music. I love it. And I love everything about music. I can't sing. I can't play. I just love the thought of music. And I have to go draw an analogy that like, who's your favorite musician, Jeffrey? Oh gosh. I love music too. I have a music production background. And Perfect. I mean, if, if we're talking musicians, probably the drummer from the killers, I forget his name right now, but. Okay. So like Brandon Flowers, they're from Las Vegas. You love the killers, right? Killers, relatively big band. And they've probably played a thousand concerts and you know, you and I go to see him for the first time and we want to hear Mr. Brightside, right? And Brandon Flowers is like, son of a bitch. I've played, it's like, but I have to take the mindset that it might be my 500th time I'm having a conversation like this, but for the other person, it's their first time, right? right. And, and I think that as a business owner, you have to take that approach, which kind of goes and tricks your psyche to where like Brandon Flowers is going to give us this amazing version of Mr. Brightside that might be stripped down with an acoustic guitar, which keeps him excited, but it's still our first time hearing it. That's how I have to go and perform every single day with sincerity. And I think you do it long enough, like this is kind of what happens. If not, you burn out. And in the world of real estate sales, there are the common thread between people that are very successful is they're miserable. And it's because literally they bang their head against a freaking door every single day thinking it's going to change. And it doesn't. 
And so I've just had multiple experiences like this where I have to go and find these little things like, okay, this happened for a reason. God, tell me why power through. And then again, six months from now, I'm like, well, let me tell you about this time in September. I got completely hoodwinked, blah, 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 blah. And you know, it'll turn into something. So yeah, good question. Well, I'm glad. And you know, you brought up some really good points. So as a leader, it's easy to say yes to a lot of things, but what's your process for evaluating what to say no to? I've got filters now. And I think that, you know, one of my best friends has a saying that is let your yeses be yes and your noes be noes, which to me, I hear that. I'm like, all right, I should probably quit canceling on things last minute. But I think that you have to just feel it in your gut. And there might be things that maybe are not the best use of your time, but it could help someone else. And I think as you get older and more successful, 10 years in, 20 years in, whatever, for me, I reach a point where I'm like, well, this is not worth my time. But I was like, you know what? When I was 21 years old or 31 years old or 40 years old, someone literally just helped me because they wanted to. And that's a hard thing to capture. And I think it's hard to go do something that at the end of the day, it's probably not going to benefit you at all. And that's the benefit. And so for me, it's, it's just kind of finding that fine line of knowing, you know, not charity, but helping somebody where if not, I just am a, a selfish prick, which I don't want to be. But I also have to make sure that I'm not teasing people. And I think that's the other thing too, is, you know, you get a phone call from someone like, Jeffrey, congratulations on all your success. I'm so proud of you. We connected on LinkedIn, blah, blah, blah. Thank you. I'd love to get coffee with you. I would love to get coffee. And I want to talk about your success. Amazing. By the way, super random. I'm a financial advisor now. Son of a gun, right? I took the bait. So those meetings to me aren't a good use of time because I'm not transferring my money over. And so I, I think it's just picking and choosing, but also realizing that every single person you come across, you can learn from them. And I've taken that mindset too, where I used to be kind of angry and resentful and I would do an interview or not this, I would do something and I would just power through it. Where I was like, man, if I would have gone and taken a different approach, I could have learned something. And even though I don't really align with these people, I have nothing in common. I might not ever meet them. They have value. And by doing that, it makes my life a little bit more efficient. Yeah. I think there is absolutely a learning lesson in every interaction. And, you know, if you stop to reframe it as not something that is creating resentment or anger within you, but actually something that is teaching you, well, you can come at it with a different appreciation and gratitude. It's, yeah. it's, it's a totally different, and it is like the flick of a switch. It's a change of mindset. It's so yeah. interesting. I've, I've experienced both sides of it as well. It's hard to perfect it. And, uh, easier said than done, right? But I found too, the best way to learn is to teach and I have to practice what I preach, but it is hard sometimes to just suck it up and actually do what you're, you're telling people to do. Yeah. Honestly, I've found myself when I'm held accountable because I'm teaching something and I'm saying it out loud, I actually am a better person because of it. Yeah. Because I, when I have that decision point later that day, to do the right thing or the wrong thing, it's like, man, I just told all these reps, to, you know? And, and so it, it's this motivation in me, this accountability that takes me to a new level. When I've been in independent sales roles, I've seen success because I'd all grind it out and I'll figure it out. But when I'm in a management role, that and others are looking up to me and I'm leading them, that's when I've found that I feel most fulfilled and I also am a better version of myself. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Well, it's it's called accountability, right? right. And you got to be, you have to be authentic. And and I think in the world of sales, it's so easy to be a hypocrite. And there there's a saying that I heard a while back, and it was, "You're never mayor in your own hometown." And I heard this 
because I used to travel to these conventions and I would be surrounded by these people that were pretending to be successful. Right. And I'm like, eventually I'm like, wait, if you're gone every single week, how are you? You're not selling anything. Right. And the same thing applies for being a leader. And if you're going to tell someone to wake up early, you better wake up before them. And if you're going to encourage somebody to take a certain style of selling, you have to take the same style, but it's, it's a difficult thing to perfect. And I think the fact that you can work on it, you know, makes life a little bit more enjoyable. Yep, absolutely. And, you know, talking about working on it, getting better, what are one to three books that have greatly influenced your life or career? I'll tell you the only two, Facebook and the Bible. I, uh, <laughs> I'm not a reader. I reference a book a lot that I've never read, but a dear friend of mine wrote it. It's called The Power of Who. The book, in short, it says that you already know the five most important people you know, you need to know to be successful, which I firmly believe in. But um, unfortunately, I'm not a reader. I know how to read, but I'm not a book reader. And as you can tell, I've moved my position four or five times in the last 23 minutes with you, but I'm, I'm not a reader. I like to read the, the paper. I like to read social media. Uh, I like to read magazines. But I can't sit there, unfortunately. And my mentor says it's like having a conversation with the author. I'd rather the author just text me what the book is about. So yeah, Facebook and the Bible are the only books that I've read from cover to cover. Well, if you like audio or if you like music, I would suggest audiobooks because that helps me. But um... I've tried, but I do everything to the beat. And if I'm driving and I have it like at 8X, I'm probably going to go 130 miles per hour. And if I'm at my office, I have to have music playing based off of my mood. Yeah, I can understand that for sure. Maybe that's, that's a way too truthful answer, but that's the truth. No, I like it. And like you said, you learn from your interactions in your daily life. So that makes sense. Yeah. Now, do you have any type of routine where you reflect, journal, you do any you know planning? Is that a part of your routine? Kind of. I write down, like if I have notes during this, I write it down and I, I, I make sure to, to track that where I'm still obviously like everyone else, I'm very tech, tech heavy, tech dependent. Uh, but I've started to do things too, like where two days ago, I wrote something down that it was just like a little epiphany I had. And I wrote it down just to try to stay focused, but um, I'm not a journaler. I'm not a, uh, I'm not somebody that goes and writes my thoughts in a book and keeps the book. But right. I do document stuff and I think you kind of have to. And then again, you do, you do something long enough, you have to find a way to trick yourself. And the other day I wrote something down. I said, I don't want to see the worst in people, right? Which again, you're exposed to stuff and you sometimes see people. I want to see the best in people. So by me writing this down, it's like a contract with myself to where I have to go and pivot the minute I'm tempted to go and be like that guy, that girl. It's like, no, find what makes them special. And I think that's, again, it's an unfortunate part of this business is sometimes you see how your friends really are and that's hard. And the thought of sacrificing relationships is hard, but that's part of it. That's part of success. Yeah, absolutely. So a big question with up and coming brokerages is what is the best lead generation source? And what's that? I just taught a class on this this morning. Sorry, keep going. I interrupted you. Go ahead. Yeah. And with this, you probably have to focus on a particular aspect of either residential or commercial because it's pretty nuanced of what lead source works where. But go ahead, answer it. Yeah. Sorry, I interrupted you, but I get excited about this. The best way to generate a lead is to be yourself. And I think it's as simple as that. And when I think of Huntington Beach commercial real estate from one to 50 doors, I now think of Jeffrey. And I think that's that's simple because he's my friend. And when you think of North Texas real estate, commercial or residential, you think of me because we're friends. And so I think people lose sight of that. And they think that you have to go through these crazy hoops to go and generate. It's like, no, like live one degree in front of you. 
And again, the power of who? Five people. But if I hear five, I really hear 500. So I think do that and develop a system where something as simple as a thank you note literally could change your entire brand. And it's stuff that I do that when somebody gets this, they feel appreciated, appreciated. And most people, if anything, will send a text. So yeah, and listen, I've bought leads before. I've done the whole rigmarole and rarely does it end in my favor. And it's also a massive time suck. But um, yeah, I think just being yourself and just finding a way to keep it with the people that you actually enjoy, that's the secret. Truly. Unfortunately, which it shouldn't be a secret. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I look at my iPhone contacts and I have like 3,000 contacts just from growing up and having a iPhone since I was, you know, 16, 17 and just always upgrading and keeping the same contacts and adding to them over the years. I mean, I feel like everyone's database is so untapped. Yeah. So untapped. So yeah, I I like that book. I could talk about this for hours. And again, like, I think unfortunately you get older, you, you actually want to work with the people that you're not friends with because, you know, maybe you've had certain situations, but yeah, the people that care about you, they want to have a, they want to have equity in your brand and they want to know that they were a part of your growth and a part of your sustainability. And I don't think a lot of people realize that myself included. I was always trying to shoot unicorns where I could have gone and, you know, caught a big mouth bass in my freaking bathtub. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. That's so insightful and really on point, honestly, with today's culture. Thanks. And even owning myself, you know, a marketing agency that helps with lead generation. When I bring on a client, they're already working the database in the sphere and they're doing all the other things and they want to add a new layer. They're not only relying on that one thing as their end all or they go out of business. Right. So I hear you on that. Yeah. No, it's, it's interesting, man. And again, it took me a while to, to understand that, but familiarity, people want to work with Jeffrey that like to surf like Huntington beach, like real estate, maybe like the killers. It sounds like you're a drummer. So maybe they like the drums. Great. Because at the end of the day, you don't want to talk about freaking real estate all the time. You don't right. want to sit and talk about cap rates and then what, what kind of like build it is and all that. You just let, let's have a conversation. And that's where I think people in sales screw up is like you, they're one trick ponies. And when I'm not in work mode, I don't want to talk about work, period. And, you know, it took me a while to get to that point where you go out in public and everyone's like, how's the market? I'm like, shut up. <laughs> Ask me about my mustache. Ask me about my wife. Ask me about whatever. Uh, it was my own fault. Yeah. And from being that one trick pony. Yeah. And yeah. it's so funny because we, we really do learn these scripts and we hear from the gurus and we learn these approaches. And at the end of the day, being authentic and knowing your value is what it comes down to. Yeah. And, and trust me, it's, it's a hard to master. I've still never done it, but yeah, the law of attraction is, is very true and honing in on just yourself. And there's a quote that says, be yourself because everyone else is taken. Rarely are people truly just themselves, unfortunately. Yep, I can see that. Well, this has been an awesome conversation. Is there a question that I should have asked you or you know, anything that you'd like to expand upon from earlier? No, I, I, unfortunately, I think I'm very, uh, I get excited talking about things that are important to me. And the art of being oneself is a very important topic for me. But no, I'm grateful for this. And I'm, I'm congrats on your success. And it sounds like you're building yourself into a legendary status. So cheers to you. And uh, thank you for including me. Appreciate that. Yep. Working on it one step at a time. And you know, your journey is really inspiring to me. You mentioned starting a company at 25. I think that's about the time I started mine and, and just stay in the course, 
right? Yeah. Through the thick and the thin and, and just continuing to chip away and, you know, being yourself. So yeah. really appreciate that. How can listeners contact you if, I don't know, they have a referral, they, they want to join your brokerage on, on either side, you know, how can listeners contact you? Uh, pretty easy. Just social media, my name, Rogers Healy, or you can go to our website, rogershealy.com. Pretty easy to reach and would love to help, whether it's a referral, somebody wanting to work here, or somebody that just wants some advice. I, uh, I would love to love to help. Awesome. Rogers Healy, everyone. If you're thinking North Texas real estate, Dallas area, residential, commercial, you know who to call. I'll, I'll link to below. This has been a very authentic conversation. I appreciate just some of the very candid and real insights that you offered. I mean, this is something that's so applicable and so teachable across industries. And, you know, you, you definitely dropped some gold today. So thank you for being on. I appreciate Thanks, it. Sir. Thanks for having me. Congratulations on your success. Thank you. You too. All right, buddy. Have a good day. Thank you for listening. If you want to accomplish your real estate goals, then I highly suggest downloading my free ultimate real estate goal setting framework. The link is in the description of the show and it will help you break down your annual income goal into the amount of phone calls, appointments, or open houses you need in order to achieve that goal. Thank you so much and we'll see you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.